morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host every Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. You are listening to this November 1st. November fools, everyone. It's a thing, right? I don't think so, but here's the truth about today's program. You're hearing this on Wednesday. But I had to record this on Monday because with the uh, permission and encouragement of my boss here at the Nahum Siegel Network, he allowed me to attend World Series Game 6 in Los Angeles. So when you hear this, I will be on my way back to New York from L.A., hopefully with tears of joy, with hardware. I won't have the trophy with me, but it'll be with me in my heart, in my mind. Or you'll be listening to this and you'll be like, ah, tough luck. What a tough trip to go to. You just, you know, spent a lot of time and money and there's still a game seven. But let's let's not think about that. Let's positive thoughts, right? Positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. They won, right? They won. I'm celebrating. Positive thoughts. But uh you know you know what's positive thoughts? What positive thoughts I got for you today? It's I mean, you're again. It's November. And the weather's been great so far. Other than that ugly day on Sunday which we don't need to talk about because we're doing happy thoughts on this week, right? Happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Other than that Sunday, we've had some pretty darn good weather. And I'm looking at my totally untrustworthy weather app, and I see some 70s on Friday? Sign me up, November 70s. Let's let's hashtag that. Let's, let's, get, that, uh, let's get that trending in the Twitter sphere. November 70s. I dig that. It was actually uh, kind of funny. I was I was uh, looking to go to Houston actually on Sunday for World Series Game 5. And uh, the weather in Houston this past Shabbos was in the 40s. New York, we're sitting in 60s. And Houston, their 40s. It was, it was so cold that Minute Maid Park where the games were being played. They don't have heat there. And it was chilly in the stadium, even in a closed roof because, well, there's no heat. Kind of funny to think about, but uh, loving the weather so far. And something I was uh, on Shabbos, I don't know how the conversation came up about the weather app and how terrible of an app it is. They said, you have to go to AccuWeather. That is the place to go. So that's really what I should be checking. But uh, apparently AccuWeather is the way to go. That's what I've heard. All right, what's on this week's show? Two things. Number one, we have Tova Knecht's interview with Manny Wax and... Um, it's a very it's it's a it's an important interview. It's also a sensitive interview, um, so just be aware for that. That's going to come up at the top of the hour. Again, Tova's interview with Manny Wax. So that's at the top of the hour. And as we wrap up the show last week, we we wrapped up with a fun segment with Miriam L. Wallach, the general manager here at the Nahum Seal Network. We we did this thing where it was something I I, I heard. Whatever, I'll explain it more. Uh, towards the way end of the show, it replaces Four to the Door, which you're used to hearing from last season. It's a segment I have now dubbed, Is That a Thing? So it's something that I've heard, saw on the internet, on social media, heard at a Shabbos meal, heard by friends. 
for either the first time or maybe just something recent that whatever, and we're going to call it, is that a thing? So last week we discussed, I should remember this, last week we discussed whether or not sh- um, brushing your, your, your teeth in the shower was a thing. Um, I had never heard of it. Miriam had heard of it. My follow-up is of, I've done it a lot since then, and it is excellent. It gets a stamp of approval from me. This week, you'll have to wait towards the end of the show to find out what is this week's topic and is that a thing. So that's going to come up again at the end of the show. But as you come to expect, plenty of great music for the rest of the show. And that starts off with Mahapecha Shel Simchane, Wednesday, November Fools, right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shamati shows
is the world makeover. Mashiach will come take over. You ain't gotta be me or see what I see. All you gotta do is take a look forward. Lift up your eye to the sky. Spread out your hands. Say thank you. Smile. Get them up. Put them up. Leave them up. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Pump up the value every day. Stand in place. Heart racing. No words to say. Pressure building. Trying to hold my face. Mind drifting like not today. Wake up from everything. Break out your shell and scream. Ha shim. You're the king. Ha shim. You're the king. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Va'em. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem
אחד לא עושה זה יותר טוב ממני, היי, נשים את הצרות מאחוריי, הלא לחד שכולכם אשנונים, היי, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי, אף אחד לא עושה זה יותר טוב ממני, היי, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי, לא נעצור עד שכולכם אשנונים. שעות 
של תור בדואר קשה לגמור פה תואר והמצב בנוער קשה לשיר כמו יואלי להתעורר בבוקר להיכנס לכושר שחיתות בכל שבועיים פיגוע כל יומיים טוב, דיברנו מספיק כפינו תודה עכשיו נחזור אחורה אל הבסיס, זמן לומר תודה. תודה על הרוח, שאין לי זמן לנוח. תודה על התיקון, על המהות. תודה על היהדות. אין לנו זכות בכלל להתלונן, הכל פוחמסה וברוך השם כי החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים.
לא לפחד, השם אלוקיך הולך איתך. עם ישראל לא מפחד, השם אלוקינו השם והעיקר לא לפחד כלל, ומלמעלה הוא שומר, צר ואויב לא יתקרב, אך לאח ויד ביד, ישראל זה עם אחד, ומלמעלה הוא עוזר, שומר שומר Hey! 
שיום חזר, מה שהיה, היה ונגמר, מה שיהיה זה כל מה שנשאר. מה שהיה, אתה מנשלם, אתה כבר לא הולך לשם. מה שהיה, היה ונזכר, מה שפתוח זה רק המחר. Thank you. 
זה מה שהוא נצחי. בני אברהם, יצחק ויעקב, בני ישראל Size top of the hour here, hour number two on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network, and it's time now for Tova Kanach's interview with Manny Wax. Again, this is a uh, it's a sensitive topic about sexual abuse. It's a very uh, 
it's 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 been prominent in news for many years, but more specifically, more recently with the hashtag Me Too campaign. Uh, so it's a pretty timely interview, and uh, again, very sensitive. So uh, take a listen and uh, be plenty to learn about. I think in this interview, here's Tova with Manny Wax on Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting with Manny Wax, the founder and CEO of Kol Va'oz, an organization that prevents child sexual abuse in the global Jewish community. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tova. Okay, so before we get into the incredible work that you're doing with Kol Va'oz, can we hear a little bit of a background story of who you are and how you got to Israel? Sure. Um, so actually, I was born in Israel. Uh, Yemenite mother background and my dad's Australian uh, grew up most of my life in Australia came to Israel in 94 met Aliyah the first time to serve in the army when I was 18 uh-huh. uh, lived here for about six years and um, then returned to Australia for the last 15 years or so I've been there and now I've just come back um, about under two years ago met Aliyah with the family wow where did you serve in the army? I was in Golani for most of the time so, I, so additional background in terms of how did I yes. get the issue of child sexual abuse. Uh, unfortunately, I experienced it myself growing up uh, in um, Melbourne, Australia, in the Chabad institutions, ultra-Orthodox. Um, I'm one of 17 children, uh, which generally also heightens the vulnerability around these types of issues. Uh, so I was sexually abused inside the Yeshiva Center by two different perpetrators. Um, and now, as it, as it turns out, many decades later, it turns out that uh, many within the leadership were aware of at least some of the abuse that, would go, really? that was going on there, not just against me, but against other many other children at the institution. So the concept of sweeping up under the carpet? The, the biggest disappointment, I think, for me was uh, we've had decades, we as a Jewish community, especially as a Haredi community, where we say, you know, or la goyim, we are, we are meant to be a light unto the nations and lead right. by example and God's chosen people. And, and we're seeing how the Catholic Church has responded to some of the worst things um, children can endure. Yeah. And I would have thought that we would have learned from that. And it was really disappointing uh, to see that we were responding essentially the same manner in which they were, which was to sweep these allegations under the carpet. Anyone who dared to speak out about these issues was targeted. Their families were targeted. Right. Uh, and ultimately, a lot of people paid a very heavy price, myself and my family included, in order for justice to be uh, attained uh-huh. for us and, and other victims, uh, and also for the safety of children today, because a lot of these people were roaming around free right and many of them have now been convicted or not many of them some of them have been convicted because there are many more who are roaming our streets free with access to children with access to children and 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 a lot of the time the main reason that they have this ongoing access and and there's, there's this added reluctance by victims to come forward is because of this kind of attitude by the leadership by by community leaders, religious leaders, and hopefully it, it is, you know, that's the negative aspect of it, but on the positive side, uh, and we'll talk about more what I've been doing over the last few years, there has been significant progress on this issue in every segment of society, including in the Jewish community, including within the Haredi community, and that has been uh, wonderful to see. Well, you're definitely contributing to that to that awareness. Yeah. And Thank you, uh... yeah. try to do what I can. I think it's, look, and, and ultimately, I think... Um, the issue of awareness, that is, I think, key in how uh, we address this issue. Uh, when I came out publicly, I disclosed um, what had happened to me. And the way I did it was for many years, I actually wanted to disclose it publicly because I had gone to the police many years ago. In '96, I went to the police to make a complaint about what had happened. Uh, they weren't able to do anything about it because uh, of lack of evidence. 
because it happened years ago and others weren't willing to, to come testify. forward to testify, etc. So there wasn't a strong case. Right. Um, and then I'd gone to the uh, head rabbi in Australia, uh, directly and indirectly others, as I said, they were aware of it, and they still kept one of my perpetrators in the same role, which was in charge of security, access to children, wow. etc. And when I used to walk past the synagogue all the time to see him and in charge of security, even even he had the authority to not allow me to come inside the yeshiva center for my brother's bar mitzvah, which I had, you know, it was my parents' synagogue, and I used to go to there for the bar mitzvah occasionally, and I used to have to walk right past him. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that the leadership was so... Um, uh, dismissive of our feelings, what ha- what we endured as a result of their behaviour and allowing this man to do it, and they just kept him there in the same role. It's actually, it's amazing it's to me that... It's an embarrassment. It, it, how can anyone actually behave in such a way and think that that is moral? Uh-huh. So, but anyway, but, but, but I was working for government for um, during that time in 2011 when I went public, but at the same time I was also the, execu- the uh, vice president of the executive council of Australian Jewry. So I was a senior leader in the Australian Jewish community and I was hearing things were, were happening. The uh, police were looking at historical cases of child sexual abuse at Yeshiva. Um, and I felt that if I have a leadership position in the Jewish community, I need to be the one speaking out about it because until that time, no one else had, and I suspect that no one else would. Right. And if I am really a leader, I need to take a leadership role in this. And that was one of the um, critical factors for me in terms of speaking out at the time. And I did, and it was front page news in Australia. Um, and. As I say, the rest is history. But How did the community react to your uh, allegations? Initially, very supportive and in shock. A lot of people were shocked that something like that could happen within our community. Right, right. Um, many people still to this day believe that there are exaggerations going on and and it's not quiet what uh, what it seems, despite the evidence that has surfaced and, and through courts and all that. Um, there are always mitigation um, strategies that are being applied to this issue, especially in the Jewish community. And there are various reasons for it. It's not just the Haredi community where we, we know some of the reasons for it. It's about that, you know, we can't, it's the reputation. Right. It's, it's also, it's we are allied to the nations and it's difficult to accept that any one of our peers, any one of our contemporaries could actually be engaged in that kind of behavior. Right. Have they changed their ways? So now for God forbid, if there are other victims, will they be treated... So that's a very good question, and I think what I like to do is to, to, to be a bit more specific because it's difficult when we generalise they, you know, is it the Jewish community, is it in Australia, is it the Yeshiva Centre? At the moment, I would say the Jewish community in Australia in particular, as a result of my personal story, what happened and, and, and the work that was done, is in an incredible position, is a world leader, in fact, in addressing the issue of child sexual abuse in the Jewish community. Wow. Most of the institutions in Melbourne in particular, almost certainly Melbourne and Sydney now, I know Sydney established a task force recently, almost all institutions that work with children, that provide services, have policies and procedures in place. And that's something that wasn't the case previously. Right. There is now also additional government uh, legislation that, that uh, forces organisations to behave in certain ways, but the Jewish community really did lead the way in terms of making sure uh, that these things are taken seriously. And um, so, so, so where we are today is incredibly uh, much more uh, progressed than when we were a few years ago. I, I know that you're good friends with Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz. Yes. And he put out a book 
yes. to help parents specifically really address the topic of uh, That's right. abuse. English and Hebrew, in English and in Hebrew. Yiddish, and it's yeah. penetrating the, the, the uh, Hasidic community, and it's wonderful to see uh, that there was a lot of progress, even in those very small communities. Or I don't really know. Insular yeah. communities yeah. Who, uh, where change is difficult. And well, it just, I mean, in recent days, yes. it's come out, you know, the, the new movie, One of Us. Um, yes. And it's just in terms of, you could still see that there is so much that needs to still be uh, be changed. There were, you know, the, the questioning adults, children were going to the rabbis and they weren't getting their answers um, that they needed desperately. Um, you know, the girl, Etty, she was, um, she was being abused by her husband. Yes. And when she went to the police, that she was breaking halachic law. Yeah. And she was excommunicated from the, from her community. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot more that has to, you know, uh, go forward in, on every, in every aspect. Correct. Domestic violence, sexual abuse. Look, it's, 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 I think, important also to contextualize it that I think in, as a broader society, We've also made progress, but there's also a great deal still to go. Still I mean, right. uh, whether it's as we were talking about earlier, the Me Too campaign is a right. perfect example exactly. of that. Yeah. And, you know, it's not just child sexual abuse; just as a society, uh, the way people have gotten away with with behaviour that's just completely unacceptable, immoral, and using the argument that times were different back then. And I think we use it; we hear it often in the context of child sexual abuse, yeah. and, and also the way men had complete patriarchal system uh, society and, and therefore people ended up behaving in the way we're seeing Harry Weinstein and, and recently there was another director now out of 38 women have come out so it doesn't surprise me and there's nothing in our community whether you're a rabbi whether you're, you're, you're a shochet whether you're right. whatever role it's people we're all individuals and I think the deference we as a community especially in the Haredi and, and the Orthodox community the deference we give rabbis I think it's important in one way we need to respect and right. and, and um, um, be but they don't get a free pass. They don't get a free pass, and, yeah. and, and it's, it's become the era of transparency and right. accountability. With this Me Too campaign, I think that it's 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 sad. Yeah. I mean, it's it's enlightening. What's the right word? It's I'm I'm happy that so many people are able to shed light on their yeah. own personal experiences, but it's at the same time it's sad and it's tragic that there are so many people that. Yeah. I, I use the same kind of analogy for, for, for the issue of child sexual abuse, where on the one hand, it's so sad that each and every case that you read in the media, but I say, you know, I know that based on the statistics, we know how much, how prevalent this is. Yeah. One in five in, the, in Israel, in the US, in Australia, 20% of the population, according to Haifa University, did a 12,000 children study of 20,000 uh-huh. children. Uh, Yelad here in Israel, the National Council for the Child. The statistics are, as I said, the U.S. government, the Australian government, one in five, 20% of the population uh, experiences some form of sexual abuse before the age of 18. And and when you think about it, they're the primary victims. The secondary victims are the family members, the parents, the siblings. they, they when these kids it, when right? these kids grow older and form relationships, their partners end up being secondary victims in some cases because the the impact of the abuse is often you know profound and long term. Right. So um, and many I know till you know till the day they die they they have these uh, the range of symptoms depression anxiety suicide ideation. Um, eating disorders, uh, substance abuse, um, you know, yeah. self-harm, the list goes on, relationship issues, holding down jobs. It's, it's one after the other. It's been proven that those who experience child sexual abuse are at a much higher risk of almost all those things. Wow. So, so after Tzedek, you yeah. started Kol Vauz. Yes, we came Voice to Israel. Voice and Strength. Voice and Strength or yeah. Courage. And we, 
wanted to, to, to... I mean, it arose out of a need because more and more we've seen over the last few years uh, organisations are, 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 are being established to address this issue. I mean, just in Israel in the last few years, you've had uh, Lotte Stock, you have Mina Meitzar, you've got JCW, Jewish Community Watch, you've got... Yeah. Uh, that's just the first three that come to my head, but there's a few more I know. Yeah. Uh, and that's great. And in the US, there's a few organisations, in Australia, in the UK. That point, it's pointing in the right direction. It means that people actually are caring about this issue and people are initiating. In the vast majority of cases, it has been victims and survivors who have been driving this change uh-huh. and leading these organisations or heavily involved in one way or another, uh, which is telling in and of itself because it's sad we actually need to be the ones who are pushing this agenda. There is no doubt. Right. And, and I've seen why. It's because we, we, we experienced it firsthand, so we're much more passionate about it. We have much more understanding around it. Right. On, the, on the downside, obviously, there's also the, uh, the too, being too emotionally attached to it, which right. is sometimes um, emotions get in the way of uh, perhaps better decision-making. Uh, but, but I'm willing to take that risk because I think we are the only ones who have proven that can uh, cause that change. And when we talk about change, it's not only about encouraging more organisations to have policies and procedures, encouraging victims to come forward. For me, the change, the critical change that's needed is a cultural shift in the yeah. way we address this issue. Because if we change the culture, then automatically it will become obvious to us that policies and procedures are part of it, yeah. that, 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 that we need to encourage victims to speak about it because it's not an issue anymore. It's not taboo it's not but it still is but it's becoming less and the aim is to reduce the taboo reduce the stigma around these issues so that people will feel comfortable doing it so colva has really sprouted out from uh seeing what's going on out in the in the in the public domain with all these new organizations who are focusing primarily just like my the organization i established in australia focusing primarily on uh victim support uh encouraging victims to come forward uh accompanying them to whatever services they require, going to the police to issue a statement, going to to, to court, exactly. Uh, But very little was being done, for example, around the big picture items of best practice materials, research, uh, advocacy uh, in in the context of government, legislative changes. We need strong laws, especially if we're talking about the context of Israel, which has a very unique, or the Jewish community has that strong relationship with Israel, uh, and that's a very different dynamic than most other countries. Obviously, in the Catholic Church, there are similarities with the Vatican and the Catholic community around the world, uh, but the Jewish uh, community and its relationship to Israel is very important, especially because of the concept of Aliyah and the strong relationship, and, and, and you have many alleged or convicted pedophiles coming to Israel, and they're going to be meeting with the Prime Minister and, and, and other senior Israeli officials to discuss a particular case to extradite, uh, to extradite former school principal at Adas Israel, which is a Haredi school. She's alleged to have uh, abused uh, uh, many girls in that yeah. school, and she's in Israel and using a number of strategies to avoid being extradited. And it's wonderful to see the uh, Australian government get involved in that level, but I think what we need to do is to prevent such cases from arising in the first place. To even let them come here. To well, exactly. The question is, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's complicated. For example, in her particular case, the institution in Australia, it has been proven, and based on a judgment, that they, the Adas Israel School, paid for and arranged for her and her family to leave as soon as the allegations surfaced wow. to come to Israel. So clearly that is uh, an issue, but there needs to be uh, something, uh, some sort of process in Israel to try to detect these types of things. Because on the one hand, it's also it's about the justice for those uh, victims, alleged victims in this, in this case, uh, but also it's about importing... Um, 
dangers to our children. Right. There, there are people coming over here and are, and are going into teaching. There are allegations that she's still teaching right, they're now. they're starting a new life over. Exactly. They're, they're moving here. And the there. local community doesn't know anything about them. Exactly. So we need to have, and that's why I call those again. We need... You're I shedding should, light on, on these situations. Correct. We're, 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 we're raising awareness constantly, which is critical, and we deal with, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I work closely with the Knesset, Knesset um, uh, committee, the Committee for the Rights of the Child, and Yifat Shashikitan, uh-huh. who's the chair, um, around these issues. Uh, we hold conferences. Uh, we've, we've got a workshop coming up in November uh, with uh, leaders in this field who address the issue of child sexual abuse in the local community, whether US, Australia, uh, uh, in, in, from Switzerland we've got. So really got a good group of people in Israel and the US as well. So um, it's really to fill this gap and have uh, this is a good professional development opportunity, networking opportunity, so people are sharing information and collaborating and talking. Because as we know, pedophiles go from one community to the next and we need to be able to, 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 to address this collaboratively. We also know, again, in the context of Israel, it's important victims come to Israel. I did. I met Aliyah when I was in 94, when I was 18 years old, come to the army. I just experienced some horrific things. And here I was alone as a single soldier, lone soldier, it's called, Chayel Boded, in an infantry unit, trying to uh, figure out your life. Figure out my life and also to, 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 to address what happened. And of course, you, you're ill-equipped, especially in a Haredi environment. You don't, uh, you don't, you, I was never sent off to, to get therapy and the like. So you're kind of trying to deal with these things yourself. So the Israeli government really needs to be uh, aware of who's, aware coming. who's coming to be able to provide support to them as well. I think that's important. Wow. So life, I'm sure, can be pretty stressful uh, with you know everything that you're doing and even not, not on a personal level, just dealing with... Uh, all these situations and survivors and victims and dealing with all that, so it's probably stressful. But you live in Israel, and uh, where do you go to just chill out? What could you call your Israel happy place? Look, there are many difficulties in Israel, and there are many things that I don't like about Israel, but one thing I love about Israel in particular is the Israeli attitude to life, which is the... um, living life to the fullest attitude. And there are obvious reasons why that may be, which is, you know, it's stressful, we don't know what's going to be. And I like to surround myself with people like that, with that kind of attitude. And I find Tel Aviv, um, there's no question about Tel Aviv being my happy place, uh, especially certain places. I mean, there's Florentine when you like to feel a bit more inspired and very artistic, and then uh-huh. you can go uh, have a nice beer at a bar. Um, but then there's also the beautiful um, the beach uh, next to the, the Jaffa Beach area. That that's my one of my favourite spots there. So. There really are some beautiful places in Israel, and there are beautiful people here, and I certainly try to make the most of it, and um, I find myself being in a happy place in Tel Aviv. Thank you, Manny, for sitting down with me and shedding light on this very important topic, and uh, I wish you continued success in Cold O's and in your personal journey, and uh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Tova. Back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Manny Wax, again, uh, uh, very, it's a, I'm sure. I mean, I and I'm going to be understating it. A, a very sensitive topic to to discuss in general and, and to shed light on, uh, and to you know say what you have to say. It, it's very tough. So much credit goes to you, Manny, and uh, we thank you very much. And thank you, Tova, for bringing this to us again. Tovanisrael.com, Tovan Israel on Facebook. You could find her uh, all over social media. Usually a lot on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. Tova in Israel. TovenIsrael.com for everything and anything uh, fun, usually and hopefully, in the land of Israel. More coming up on Bite Size, including Is That a Thing? Coming up towards the end of the show on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network.
בית מבעד פר משיח עבד נקמן ומפטרוגן זיף ידר איינר דבנדם בית מבעד פר משיח עבד שקמן נבעד תבדירמיד Oh, 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 oh,
איתו.
are back on Bite Size. Just a few minutes left to go to the show, and you know what that means. One thing only. Is that a thing? That's right. A new segment on Bite Size here. Replacing four to the door from last season. This time it's, is that a thing where I discuss a topic and uh, something I've heard recently, social media, at a Shabbos meal, just by friends randomly, and uh, I'm going to discuss it with uh, my friend, my colleague, my general manager here, Miriam L. Wallet. Good morning, Miriam. Good morning. And I know uh, last week I think you had a lot of fun with last week's subject. I did. I'm not sure everyone liked our topic. Okay. You know, it, it, but that's the way it goes. Yeah different sides of the spectrum everyone has opinions these days right oh ain't that the truth so yeah. uh i think this week I, I can't imagine people are going to be upset about this week's topic so let's okay. get to it this week and i actually heard about it last week so i actually had two topics ready to go for last week i decided to go with a toothbrush shower last week this week we're going to go with something i was not babysitting i, I on fridays i i like to go visit my nephew yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, thank God they uh, they live a in the cute uncle thing of you. Or I got to be the favorite uncle, so I yes. got to have him remember does, me. Does your sister in law have have siblings? Yes, and one in the Heights, so it's oh uh, boy, it's oh, and he's a Dodger okay. fan. Wow, so, mixed uh, marriage. Okay, yeah. So I try to put an Astros hat on him. Oh. The other uncle puts a Dodger. It's a very you know, and his grandfather's a Dodger fan, and one's an Astro fan. It's it's kind of funny. Wow. Um, like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so I, I, I like to visit him, and uh, I was, he was, I, I don't know, I picked him up, and he was a little hot. I was like, maybe I should take, like, we should take his temperature. So she's like, yeah, here, give him the, give take the thermometer. So I take the thermometer. I was like, okay, so, like, I'm going to put it in his mouth. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, isn't that what you do? She's like, no, you put it under your armpit. I was like, what? Is that a thing? <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's how I grew up. She's like, I, I've heard of the, you put it in, she's like, and my, my she's married to my twin brother. So she's like, yeah, Tani did that too. I was like, what is he doing? I mean, she knows it's a thing, but to put it in, under the tongue, sure, that's that's how I grew up doing. I've never heard of you put the thermometer under the armpit and that's how you get a more accurate reading. So have you ever heard of this? Before? Well, okay. Being that I have six children. Right. Yes. So I have heard of, not only have I heard of that, but the reason that you are, accustomed to the under the tongue thing yeah. is because your memories of having your temperature taken are when you are old enough to maintain a thermometer under your tongue and okay. not choke on it. Right. Right. So there were other ways that your temperature was surely taken when you were a child. So I've learned. Uh-huh. Besides the under the under the tongue. Okay. Okay. So nobody put a thermometer under your tongue when you were an infant. Definitely not. Well, you're, they could you're, hold the, I figured I would just hold the thermometer in no, place. No, that's not how your temperature was taken when you were an infant. Okay. We'll leave it at that. I Thank yeah. you. I'm sure that this topic is going to go over just as well as the brushing, brushing your teeth in the yeah. shower. Anyway, um, yeah, under the arm is a thing, though. Is I, that how you? No, I was always a rectal thermometer mom. Okay. Um, though, as my kids have gotten older, there was the ear thermometer. Right. Okay. Right. Now I vac- now that you mentioned that. Okay. Correct. So actually, what's interesting, not so interesting, but the other day I took my older son yeah. to the pediatrician for he was not well, and yeah. they did they took his temperature with a temporal thermometer, which basically is a um, I would call it a doohickey if I had a brain if I didn't have a brain if it is a a basic a it, sort of it starts at your temporal lobe okay and is a base basically they sweep it across your forehead and they end it in the back behind your ear they sweep it, it across your forehead correct yeah. it almost looks like a um like the the thing that they use to check your ears 
A octo something or other. Anyway, they take this gauge. Yeah. And it's a handheld thing. You How know, long does it take? An eighth of a second. <laughs> it goes, it starts at the temporal lobe on your forehead and they sweep it across your forehead in that. one fluid motion and it ends and they land it behind the ear and it is an accurate thermometer. And that's it. Boom. Takes an eighth of a second. It's already done. And so this is like the, you know, the newer version, so to speak, of right. the ear thermometer. But I don't even own, uh, you know, I, right. the other thermometers anymore. I just have that. But what's funny is that my son says to me, Ma, we should get one of these at home. <laughs> I'm like, no. So he said, why not? I said, well, first of all, thank God our youngest is not little anymore that I'm taking anybody's temperature with right. any frequency. Um, that's number one. And number two is you can all maintain an under-the-tongue thermometer at right. this point in your lives. They get the, the temporal thermometer is obviously something you're going to find in a pediatrician's office because when you're dealing with an infant, yeah, but right. So maybe you want to get this for your sister-in-law because at that point, my son then Googled it and it's about 35 bucks on Amazon. So yeah, seems kind of reasonable. Exactly. So the under the arm thing, sure. But I think that that's even, I mean, again, I have not taken a temperature on a little kid in, you know, years, years, um, Wow, have I you feel done, old at so this you, moment. You've, but you've never done the under the arm. I or have, have. Oh, but I'm just saying that became like, you know, once we got the ear thermometer, it, was, it was out. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of the ear thermometer until you just brought it up. But Right, but no, you will be not be putting that under the kid's tongue. You're not. Right, I mean, it makes sense. I just never thought of it. Right, but then I was always wary that if you're not putting the thermometer actually in the body, as opposed to just under the armpit, right. which I'm motioning now for some reason or other yeah, in the studio. Like, I have no idea why I just did that. But anyway, um, if you're not actually putting it in the body, I don't know how it gets an accurate read, but it does. So what do I know? But that's what they teach parents to do. I, sh- you know, I should really test it out, put it under my armpit, and then put it under my tongue, clean it first, and, yeah. uh, and see if there, how much, what the difference is. Right, or, you know, go to the movies or do something else. You know, whatever. No, I feel like I'm just saying. Like but yeah, those are game. all those are all realist. Yeah, you know, those are real options. Did your Did your nephew have fever though? No, I mean under the armpit. No. <laughs> so you're one of those people who just thinks that when the kid is hot, they're like, you know, it seemed like he was sweating. I was like, all right, keep relax <laughs> like, over here. Um, so what? I, I'm I'm curious about this whole every Friday thing. It's pretty cute. Yeah, I try to go every Friday, unless like I, if I'm eating there Friday night, which I think I am this week. Then like I'll be like okay like I won't go if it's like nasty weather or whatever but like I I'm usually have to go out to like the store anyway to get stuff or got it whatever um this past Friday are you buying his love with toys I got him I I have a few toys but he doesn't play with them yet I don't know How old is he? like like the uh, he is he just turned seven months oh, you got some last time. week he's a cute kid not sure how that happened but um your sister <laughs> probably um but it's I got him the Venice one remember after the Venice yes trip, I got him that um. It's still just sitting in the same place it has for okay, the last okay. year. Right. Wow, it's been November. Trust me. Wow. I know it's been a year. Um, I know it's been a year. What else did I did I get him something when I went? I, yeah, I got him a, a, I want to say I got him a moose. I got him something when, in Iceland or Norway. Iceland, I think. You didn't buy him salt? I did not buy him salt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I should, maybe I should have. Um, not everybody gets salt, Yoni. Not every, yeah. Only special people. Only special people. Um, yeah, so that's that. Thank you very much for joining today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, I'm here again for the segment of Yoni and the old lady because these <laughs> questions continue to be things that a person of a certain age 
would know the answer to. By the way, if there's something that you've heard for the very first time, I also want to hear it. So, like, you know, there might be some weeks where, you know, you tell me what you heard for the first time, and, and I'll see if that was a thing or not. I know, but by then I've checked with my kids. Okay. So then so it's Miriam time. needs to ask yeah. the young people. The young but people. every time I have a question that uh, or a, a, an issue with, you know, technology or electronics or yeah. whatever, I, you know, hand it to you and say, right. I need a young person. To I am this. the head of IT here until I hand it off to ZK. But. No, you should just stay in that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. Thank you all for uh, tuning into Bite Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions regarding the Nachum Siegel Network or this show, but everything really and anything, com. I will get back to you as soon as I can. Please go ahead and download the NSN app on the Google Play Store, the App Store on your iPhone, and you can catch all of our content while on the run. I, I go back and forth on on because uh, I do after further review and bite size, and I'm always like forgetting what is the sign off for which show. So thank you all very much for tuning in. My name is Yoni Pollock. See, I was just I'd like to wish you all a good day and remind you all that the bite size is always the right size. <laughs>